part two of my two-part conversation with guitarist Matt Sorg. If you haven't checked out part one yet, start there, come back here, and finish up. We'll see you on the other side. There's a book that came out last year, I think, and and uh, uh, Martin Popoff wrote it, and and it's and uh, the the guitar, both guitar players, I think, in that book somewhere, both say the same thing basically, which is they they give they're like we were doing on guitar on guitar merciful fates influences were uli john roth and michael shaker that's like that's where they were that's where they were pulling all those leads from and everything you know like all that inspiration for all that which it, i can hear that big yeah. time but but i know that king diamond you know he he has a hand in writing a, a good deal of that stuff and he, he, oh, he talked tons about uriah heap and deep purple and uh alice cooper you know he plays a little guitar doesn't he yeah he plays guitar he writes on the guitar okay okay right guitar yeah i was curious about that because like i know some guys uh some vocalists are so known for being vocalists that you wonder if they've got another instrument like um what a lot like another like here's a perfect example what a lot of people don't know that don't know much about doc and they don't know that don doc is a guitar player they just think of him as the singer because you've got George Lynch, yeah. who's a stud, you know, guitar player yeah. and, you know, made him sort of take the back seat to that. But I don't think anybody would know that Don Dockin played guitar much the same way that not a lot of people would know that King Diamond actually plays some guitar. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, Don used to play guitar live with Dockin in the beginning. There's video on YouTube of them in Germany. It's like really good quality for it some tv show some european tv show and Don you sent it. me that link and i have not watched it yet oh i did okay I don't yeah know. but because you sent me that link and i said i'm actually listening to them now because i was in my okay. car well baby yeah. so and in, in the barbie train you can get the pink seats all the pink seats for the pilots and all the and all the people is the pilot is the pilot bruce dickinson <laughs> no no okay well i can't buy that one for you i'm kidding i'll get it for you <laughs> you mean the tears for the people yes i'll buy all of it and the and my little um and the little tables and the tv come here come here, come here. i love you very much listen daddy needs to finish this okay i'm doing some work can you please go in the room and if you need anything your brother is in the living room okay baby Okay. So all right. And, and get the decks for the TV. I will get all of that. Thanks. Fly, be free. Shut the door, please. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> it's crazy because like my friends tease me like you talk so much. I'm like you do realize that I teach kids the same age. I don't have adult conversations all fucking day. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like when I see adults, I'm like, you know, like I attack people with ferocity with you know with talking because yeah. these are the conversations i have all day all day right. long i'm not mad about it but i'm just saying yo this is this is what i'm yeah. doing um makes sense i'm sorry where were we at we were talking about uh uh we were somewhere in the middle of merciful fate i thought yeah you had mentioned that uh hank sherman and michael denner were talking a lot about yuli john roth and michael shanker and then we yeah. were talking about Don Dockin about how yeah, how yeah. I I was surprised about how King Diamond I'm not real super surprised but how a lot of people might not know that about him and yet there's you know not a comparable band but 
sort of along the same lines that Don Dockin also as a guitar player probably has a hand in writing the songs beyond just the vocals, you know? Yeah. So just kind of, you know, I can't think of a ton of other vocalists like that are that prominent in their bands that are also guitar players. Like maybe they play another instrument, but not necessarily guitar, you know? Right. Um, none come to mind, particularly in hard rock or metal. You know, I don't think uh, Ian Gillen's ever been accused of playing guitar. Yeah, if he has, <laughs> he was. I, I'm unaware of it. Yeah. yeah. Ozzy's not playing the guitar. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. Since we're talking about makeup and we're talking about guitar players, let's let's kind of circle back around to Kiss. I know I started there earlier, but one thing about Kiss, you know, admittedly, they're not a favorite band of mine. I've I've softened on them greatly over the past few years. Like at one point in my life, if somebody said kiss me, I'd be like, oh fuck, kiss. Like right. I was just I would get I would get really irritated about it. But I think I just sort of started recognizing some of the things that are objectively great about them like paul stanley objectively at one point maybe not so much now was a fucking really good singer like great singer. he could sing you know the dude had pipes and i never i never really gave that credit to him because i was just younger and just cranky and shitty about stuff and ace freely you know well i've kind of always given aces due. i've always thought he was a good guitar player even though I didn't necessarily like all the songs, you know, like you could sort of say, well, that guy's a fucking great player. And I like that soul, but I don't care about the song necessarily. Like sometimes I can pick things out like that, but I mean, um, he, could played, he could have played guitar and then not, you know, without the makeup in some band and still been great. He ripped on the guitar. He, he's really sloppy nowadays, but, but I still enjoy watching him and everything, but you know, in his, in his prime, he was really tasty, awesome guitar player, you know? Yeah, he um, I think, you know, I think what turned this is going to sound kind of odd. I think what changed my mind was one time I was. I was goofing off. I was trying not to work. I was doing I was in another job completely. I wasn't teaching at the time and I was watching videos and I decided, well. I was watching hard rock and metal videos and lick it up came on. And I thought to myself, OK, let me watch this, you know, let me just, you know, and it's not their best work by a long shot, you know, yeah. like it, it, I, mean, I love it, the record, but the even, song is, is yeah, yeah. Even, even as a non-fan, I, I, I can say to myself, well, clearly the first record and hotter than hell are better than this, but there was just a certain level of, uh, we don't give a shit what you think about us kind of thing about it that I'm like, you know, this song is called lick it up. <laughs> and unironically i'm not trying to be hip about this unironically i was like i admire this like there was something like a greatness about it you know and it made me go back and listen to records and i still don't care for kiss but i get it like i understand why they have this devotion because those first two records there's like every bit of like a a weird sort of amalgamation of like New York dolls like but with a different kind of swagger altogether and not nearly as amateurish is that like these guys are better players in some circumstances and it's yeah. a different sound but there's a certain like it's straight ahead rock and roll like there's no there's no bones about it they're not there's no they're not making excuses they're not apologizing for they're like we're, we're playing these rock songs based on music that we love and so i've softened on them quite a bit particularly because of that and also because paul stanley was a great singer man he 
you know, that anybody who listens to that opening uh that opening vocal vocalization on uh, Heaven's on Fire and doesn't recognize that's a good singer, they're out of their fucking mind. And that's not even again, that's not even one of the strongest songs, but I every time I hear that, I'm like, yep, that dude can sing, you know. His voice got stronger as as their career went on you know like i mean from by the 80s he was real. i think all that all that touring they had done and, and he just working working that voice although you know it paid off like really strong vocalist is through that that era 80s 90s that you know he really kept it up for a long time now now he's you know he's 70 years old yeah you know, or, you know he's losing it but well, that's, but yeah, he, I mean, yeah, 70. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to keep that yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so why hotter than hell than say opposed to like the first one or destroyer or any well, of the other earlier ones? I, it's, it's my favorite. It's always been, my, it's been my favorite since I was in kindergarten, but, but um, I destroyer was the first one I got. It came out in 76. I was five years old. I got destroyer. My mom was mm-hmm. filling out Columbia house you know, 13 for a penny or something, you know? And I was like, I want that. Like I already, you know, I, it looked like, it looked like it was perfect for a little kid that was obsessed with Alice Cooper and Marvel comics. It was like the cover just was jumping. It spoke to me, you know, just yep. like, I need that. I, I don't know what that is, but I need it. And, and, you know, 13 for a penny. She's like, okay. There, you know, and, that's almost so, like, that's almost like a weird, an, the Columbia house was almost like a weird analog a precursor to like uh file sharing because you stole yeah. all the music <laughs> yeah. well you did at least yeah you, you had a hard copy you paid but you you ended up paying for it when you had to buy the however many record eight records you had to buy over the next year or whatever it was yeah and that is true at way more at like double the cost of what they were at the store you know right so they got, they got, i mean most people never bought the records though. You just got the 13 for a penny and I, I didn't. I <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but she's she filling that out. I I I saw that cover and, and I was like, I, I want that. She didn't care because it's free anyway. And then and uh that that was my first record that I picked out, you know, that didn't I didn't pick up my dad's Alice Cooper record or his Black Sabbath record or something. I, this was yeah, I my dad didn't have this record. I found that record, you know. Yeah, so that, and I just, I think by the time you know it starts, Detroit Rock City, and I was like, all right. And I remember my dad and his friend, they were even like halfway through that song. They're like, it's not that bad. Like I think they just thought it was going to be the dumbest kitty bullshit record they ever heard, and they were both like pleasantly surprised. But by the, it was it, so it starts with Detroit Rock City, then there's King of the Nighttime World, and then. And I was loving it. And then God of Thunder. And that's when I was like, okay, this is my favorite band. right? Like I knew it the first listen, third song in, like this is a Kiss, my favorite band. And but and then Hotter Than Hell, you know, my mom with the Columbia House again, you know, she had to buy the records now to keep her end of the contract. And, and I'm like, and I just looked at what they had and Destroyer was the newest. So of the titles that were available, Hotter Than Hell just sounded the coolest to me, you know, and I was yeah. I picked that kindergarten and my mom got me hotter than hell and and uh i don't know that it's just a it's a it's a shittier production you know bob ezrin did destroyer so mm-hmm. it's amazing you know but this is more of a low budget production it's dirtier i think i read before that they were going for like a 
they wanted a heavier sound than the first album. They wanted more like Sabbathy, like more distortion on the guitars. Just they wanted to make a darker, heavier record than the first one, and and it ended up getting muddy, is what it did. You know, it's kind of a muddy production, but but I I I didn't care about that in kindergarten, and I still don't. You know, it's just, yeah, but it, it's it's just a good sounding to me. That shitty sound is a good sound, and uh, it that suits the song. it suits the songs. I yeah. mean sometimes it, you can overproduce something to the point where it loses all urgency. And that's one thing about that record, because I've given them all a pretty f- fair, good listen yeah. over time. And, you know, just to justify my bull- own bullshit, but um, I've listened to it and I'm like, you know, that's sort of, it suits the songwriting completely. Like, I wonder if, if it had a slicker production, if the songs would, would even work as well i mean i don't know yeah i mean they might they they might i might be just talking good on a live a live has a much better production and they sound good on there but but i do i I think that i think that muddiness kind of did add something to that you know some kind of makes it meaner you know yeah for sure i I mean parasite going blind and watching you and all the way strange ways they're strange strange ways it's so heavy it's just their it's their heaviest record and and just my favorite
if somebody twisted my arm, I'd say Parasite is the song on that record that stands out to me. Again, as a non-fan, I'm like, that song's pretty tight. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, I, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you, I know so many people that hate Kiss, you know, but if you play them hotter than hell, you, you know, it's like Ben from Punching Moses. He, he even, well, you know, like he's not a fan, but he, he'll acknowledge, he'll be like, that's pretty, hotter than hell is the one record that like yep. people might, actually be like all right all right it's pretty good you know well i went i went from you know in all honesty i went from hating them to respecting them but still not liking it and i'll say i hate them just for effect to tease my friends who like them a lot because i'm just like fucking with them a bit because i know how passionate they are and i'm just you know needling them but i mean yeah i mean and I wish them all, I've always wished them all the success because they've never been anything but honest about what their intentions were and what the kind of music they wanted to play and who, the, how they wanted to do it. And you got to respect somebody that's willing to do that, you know, just lay it all in line. I think a lot of musicians and quote unquote artists are kind of aren't being honest with what, what they're trying to do and kiss never fibbed about it. You know, they're just like, no, so we're kids for a minute. They did go grunge in the nineties for one album, but, but and that was but out of character for them. Really it bad. Was, it may be sound wise, but I mean, given that they are actually concerned about their career, it made perfect sense. Like, yeah, you know I, I mean? Lyrically, lyrically, they tried to get that, you know, that whole like suicidal kind of vibe or whatever that it was natural for bands like Alice in Chains, but yeah, very unnatural for guys that have been like, rocking and rolling all night for fucking all those decades before you know i think the i think the reason why another reason why i sort of begrudgingly respect say like lick it up and uh asylum is that you know in that era of hair metal you know for lack of a better way to describe it all the bands that they influenced kiss was kind of taking them at their own game and doing better doing it better than a lot of their a lot of their their progeny you know, like, I'm like, yeah, you guys are doing this better than a lot of these bands. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of love for that kind of stuff, except for the very, very early bands. Like, I liked the first couple of Rat records quite a bit. I liked the first couple of Crew records quite a bit. I like, I like Dokken. I, I think he's a great singer and a great guitar player. The songs themselves don't always land with me, but I can listen to them play over and over and over. Um, but some of the, some once you start getting to the mid and late 80s, a lot of that stuff just doesn't do anything for me yet here's kiss who I, again i don't care for i'm like well they're doing this better than those guys are you know i mean like they're kind of showing them how it's done right but and most of those bands i mean all those bands were influenced by kiss in the sure first, they're yep. influenced by kiss and alice cooper and van Hale, van halen huge yep. huge influence on that That's some of like- them some will occasionally nod to New York Dolls, like some of the older yeah. guys, like yeah. Nikki Six and yeah. yeah, 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 and and uh, Blackie Lost. I I love Wasp too. That those first two records in particular oh, yeah. are really good. There's some cuts on Inside the Electric Circus that are pretty good, but those first two records, like that guy's voice, like when they did "I Don't Need No Doctor," I'm like, yeah, yeah you're nailing this vocally. Like he he really he got right it. I mean, yeah, he really is. Yeah, yeah, but um. Okay, well, I'm glad we're kind of hitting this one last because I've talked a lot already, but and I'm gonna try not to talk as much because I know how I get about Voivod. You know, <laughs> my yeah. friends laugh at me, but uh, was Killing Technology the first record of theirs you heard, or had you heard the stuff prior to that? 
No, I did not hear the, pri- I didn't hear prior to that. I got the cassette of killing technology at the mall, you know? Yeah. It came a lot at the mall, you know? And uh, yeah, I did not, I, I went back and got the other, you know, yep. Warren Payne or, you know? Yep. Me yeah. too. But killing technology is the, it's the perfect mid middle ground between where they went, you know, the, between the prog that mm-hmm. they ended up adding so much of and, and the war and pain roar rawness, you know, yeah. it's a, it's got the best of both. I think that record, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely does. Like you can, it's crazy how quickly they reached that middle ground too. When you given, they had two records before that and then they come out with this one on the heels of, roar which i absolutely love but you know i have problems with it sometimes i mean i don't really have a problem with it i love it but like it's not always my go-to you know roar is a bit, it's a bit messy like you know production wise and stuff it's kind of hard to right on sometimes right that's i love it, I love that, it but yeah war and pain that, sounded better than roar and you know even though usually the, the yep. band's better sounding with each record yep war and pain is more listenable than roar to me but yeah yeah and i I love i love that record very very much but it's like like again it's not my go-to because of the production i'm like i can't you know um but like killing technology was just like and the cool thing about the cassette and you probably remember this is you had the single on the on the a side and the b side you had too scared to scream on the a side and cockroaches on the b side which wasn't on the vinyl copy i had so I bought, I had the vinyl, but I went and got the cassette because I had the two extra songs. Nothing to protect 
I read about him in a metal magazine and I was immediately like curious about it because it was so different from everything else it seemed and I listened to it twice and had to walk away from it and then when I listened to it a third time I fell in love with it and said this other than Sabbath this is my favorite band and I don't mean other than Sabbath like they are interchangeable sometimes I mean, some days Sabbath is the best thing ever and other days Voivod is the best thing ever it just depends on what I'm feeling that day you know yeah, yeah. but you know um did you get to see him on that tour on killing technology no i didn't see him till nothing face my first time seeing boy i was nothing face at, at the fantasy with Soundgarden and faith yep. no more i was at that show <laughs> yeah. first time i saw ed him it was ed, ed saw killing technology at peabody's with oh. creator oh which I, I you know I wish. sometimes you sometimes you just want to hate people just because you're jealous and i <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Ed got to see that one. I wish I did. That'd be amazing. I, I like telling that nothing face story because I tell people, I'm like, you know, I, I went there wanting to see Voivod. Didn't know anything about Soundgarden, but I had known about Faith No More because they were kind of starting to make rounds, rounds on MTV. And, and yeah, Epic was you know, already on. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was still doing that pseudo Anthony Kiedis thing that was yeah. really super annoying. And I tell people, I'm like, they were just, I didn't like them. They're bad live, and I didn't and, uh, care yeah. the beginning at all. But Soundgarden, I, I, sat, I sat in the seat and just didn't yeah. pay attention. The Soundgarden came out, and I was impressed by that. I was like, okay, this is good because they were heavy, and his vocals. I'm like, yo, this guy's like the real deal as far as singing goes. And I said they were great, and I had never heard them before. And Loud Love was the record that they were touring on on that one. I still, I still really like that record. But I always tell people, I'm like, yeah. But Voivod came out and made everybody look like rank amateurs. Like I was pressed Voivod. up against, I was pressed up against that barricade, screaming well, for them. Probably, we were like dead. My brother and I were dead center on the, in the barricade. I was, yeah. I was to the left of where you guys might have been, and I was so little, I was getting crushed. We were, we were like but, just, a, just, we were just to Piggy's side, just a little bit, like right between Piggy and Snake, where we were. I was leaning right on that barricade. I was screaming for them to play "Ripping Headaches," knowing that they weren't going to do it. <laughs>
And finally yeah. Snake looked at me and just kind of was like, stop, like, sort of like, don't scream that anymore at us. Cause I don't, you know, if he was, he wasn't mean, but it was just like, if I remember that and just that show was so cool. It was so cool. And I've seen him several times since then, you know, like many, many times we, we did a two week tour with him, but even, even aside from that, I've seen him a bunch, bunch of times. Another, another one that comes to mind and it's not as happy of a memory. I saw him in Maslin and they played with crisis and Oh, fuck. I don't know. A bunch of other bands. And one of the bands was almost, I don't know if they were literally a Pantera cover band, but they were pretty close to that sort of vibe going on. And Eric Force was singing for him. And everybody was like raging about the Pantera cover band. And Crisis came on and people dug that. And then the room kind of cleared out, except for me and Big Metal and a handful of other people. And I was so upset about that. I was just like, this is like one of the best bands ever. And no, that's not Snake. No, it's not Blackie, but this guy's actually pretty good. I, I like some parts. Yeah, I like those records. And I'm like, I was really mad. I'm like, you dummies. I was livid about it. I was, I felt so bad for them, but they didn't care. They just played like they were playing to a, a full room. Yeah. Hey! 
From the depths played at the fantasy that night, so I had to play. You know, when Jim was singing for us, still, yeah, we played the fantasy that night, so I did not see that Phobos show that you're that you're talking about. But I saw him the previous time on Negatron with mm-hmm. Eric Forrest. Um, that was at Peabody's, and, and it was decent attended. You know, it was better than uh, the Outer Limits at Flashes, where there was maybe like 30 people or something like that. Yeah. That record, that record really burned a lot of people. And I remember thinking, like, I think, I, Angel Rat. I think people heard angel rat and just were like, eh, I'm done with the boy or whatever, you know, but I like the outer limits record. I like, I angel did too. Rat. I like, angel I like, rat as well. I think a lot of it is like a lot of people just didn't really fully understand what, what they were doing and where they were going. And I sort of saw that arc without being in the band. I sort of saw what they were trying to do. And I, and I thought to myself, I was pretty convinced. I'm like, they're going to come down from this and, and go back to something more familiar in some way. Yeah. And it wasn't quite what I wanted with Negaton, Negatron and Phobos, which I liked those records, but yeah, I, I like Negatron a little better than, Yep, Phobos. Phobos is like their neurosis record or something. Right, and it's not bad, but but I, I Negatron sounds more like Voivod to me than Phobos. Yeah, does. yeah, but I mean, I always tell people I'm like, you know, the past couple records, you know, Target Earth and The Wake. I'm like, they're up there, man. Those are good records. I mean, <laughs> really you know, good records. Considering that the fucking mastermind of the band is dead you know and they and they found another guy that can come up with shit that's comparable at least you know i mean you know really good good and he he does a great great job and i I like i like the self-titled record i like kators i I like i like infinity i like those records but you know it was just the posthumous ones are a little bit they're uneven I I, i own them and i like them but I think those records would have been so much better if he could have seen them through, obviously, you know what I mean? I think that probably those are, those should have been better records, you know, like if Piggy was around to have his way with the, with the way they turned out, you know, he would have fleshed them out. I mean, those are just ideas from his laptop from all I understand, you know, so they're they're amazing for what they are and I'm glad they exist, but, but the, I like the one with Newstead where he was alive still, but a lot, a lot better. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and, and when I'm when I'm speaking about them in in a sort of negative light, it's only in relation to other Voivod records because those yeah. records are still better than a million other bands. Like I, yeah. I'll list, I'll seriously jam those records out. You know, there it's isn't just a Voivod record that I don't like. Nope. There's not a single one I dislike. Nope. No. Yeah, I mean, but Killing Technology, it, I, like I said earlier, it's just crazy how they reached that plateau so quickly. Like, two records and bang. Like, wow, you know. So amazing, too. Hey Trust was a fucking really solid record as well. Yep. You know, yep. Really groundbreaking, I thought. If somebody told me that was their favorite Voivod record, I, could, I wouldn't argue yeah, with I that. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Nope. Enough. Trust it. 
or even nothing face. And, and I like Hatros and killing technology better than nothing. But if somebody told me that, I'd be like, okay, I got it. Nothing face is amazing. It's yeah. Amazing. Really, but really, really good songs. What's funny is my favorite Voivod song isn't on either of those records. It's actually on the first one, like the song warriors of ice. Like that song is just what he rips that solo. And then they, they go into that breakdown that live to die. And it just, oh, then yeah. they bust in that other riff. I'm like, it's like, I get my hair is raising on my arms right now. Thinking about that. Like, awesome record. Yeah. When we did that two week run with them, we did the East coast, the tour, their, their tour went off to the West coast and other bands took our spot, but we did the East coast. And um, we, I watched their sound checks every day because they would play songs at sound check that they weren't playing in the sets, but, and they were, they were alternating the set. They had a B and C sets. Like they had three different set lists. So every, you know, like, uh, t- today's set would for every three days you'd yeah. get a you know you know it was, it was really cool and uh so one would be more focused on killing technology one would be more of a hatred list one would be more of a nothing based list basically you know but and and some of the songs stayed the same every day they always played astronomy and they always played voivod yeah they always tri- tribal convictions they always played i think there was like three or four that were always there and the rest swapped out for other songs but um still at sound checks they would just play other shit i got to see them do warriors of ice they never did that on the stage on that while we were with them but they i did see them do it at sound check so we would just go in there and watch the sound check I, you know i never go out nobody ever goes in and watches the bands they're touring with sound check every day but i did on for those two weeks of shows you know <laughs> super awesome what else am i gonna do i'm not got nothing to do on tour you're in some city where you don't know anybody except for the same other five assholes you've been in a van with you know so yeah i'll go watch a wave on sound check every day and they played awesome shit and it was fun i totally would too all right man well hey thank you for doing this i really appreciate it oh, um yeah. you know Thanks, uh no it's no problem sorry about the interruptions um i'll probably keep yeah. a lot of those just because it's funny yeah. <laughs> maybe cut the part out where you where we were both not here <laughs> oh yeah for sure definitely 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 but i mean the rest of it i'm gonna keep it because uh adds a little flavor to the conversation we're yeah, talking about king not? diamond talking about king diamond and she's like can you buy me a barbie <laughs> you're obligated to buy a whole bunch of that shit now she'll forget yeah. about it she'll forget okay. about it she'll forget about yeah. it tomorrow All right, that's it. That's all I got for you. I want to thank Matt for hanging out and talking Alice Cooper and Voivod with me, which is always a good time. I love both of those bands quite a bit. I want to thank the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson, Miss Maria Gardas, for sitting in and helping out with uh, co-hosting and helping me navigate this difficult conversation. Uh, let's see. If you want to communicate with me on social media, you can do so on Facebook at Bleachmouth Postscript. Instagram at Larry underscore Bleachmouth. The email is bleachmouthps at gmail.com. You won't find any of our shit on Twitter. 
And you definitely won't find any episodes on Spotify, but you will find it on Apple. But you will find them on Apple Podcasts. Every last episode is on Apple Podcasts, as well as the website, bleachmouth.mkultrazine.com. Got some cool things coming up. I can't believe it's almost a year, and we're quickly approaching 50 episodes. I've got some... uh, other ones recorded in the queue, ready to be edited, and I uh, want to thank you all for your patience for the delay in between episodes. Try to do at least two a month if I can. Uh, hopefully I can meet that mark, but the holidays are coming up and it gets really, really busy around a household when you got three kids. All right, uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye.